everyone, no calls this week, but we do have an email from Jonathan. How do you respond to horror fans who dismiss all modern horror as not scary and full of jump scares? I get frustrated by fans who think nothing good has come out after 1989. Mm. Well, I have feelings about that. And I think that all three of us have particular feelings about that as well. I understand that if you're watching a movie that just seems like they're only leaning on jump scares for the scares, I get it. Totally understand. And there's plenty of horror movies out there that don't just have jump scares. Uh, But before we dive into all that, uh, Megan, your thoughts. Not just recommendations, but just thoughts on... Oh, no, I didn't even have recommendations because that's not really how I kind of viewed this question. It was more like, how are you going to convince people to broaden their horizons? Um, I, I kind of suspect the culprit tends to be theatrical horror only. Mm-hmm. So trying to get them to view some of the horror that goes straight to VOD or uh, streaming platforms. I mean, there's there's all sorts of resources out there. to You can direct them to us. Uh, I feel like we do a really <laughs> good job every week of, of uh, pretty eclectic recommendations. Uh, horror websites, you know, obviously the more resources a movie has like theatrical release the bigger the marketing budget so you have to kind of do a little digging but i think that there's so many people out there that can tell you a plethora of like indie horror to check out that does not fit that kind of cookie cutter conventional mold and frankly there's i think there's also plenty of commercial stuff out there mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't have jump scares or right has very minimal jump scares. I think a lot of times people complain about jump scares because like, I like horror. Like, oh, it's got jump scares. Like, give me examples. And it's like, ah, oh, I don't know. I, also, I, I, uh, I tried it. I tried it. Yeah, I will defend jump scares too. But you're right. It cannot be like, that's all there is. Right. Yeah. So, well, some of it's a little bit gross. Well, the question is, how would we convince someone? Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I won't. I won't try to convince someone because not in a mean way, but just because at this point, if if you're looking for something like that, I kind of feel like they need to find it on their own. You know, of course, sometimes I'll be nice. And if there's some friends, because I'll have plenty of friends that'll come to me directly and they'll ask for like recommendations. But where it's like, you know, sometimes we've come across those people where it's just like, oh, I everything after 19, whatever, you know, I just I just don't. And it's just like, oh, OK, you know, <laughs> because at this point, it's it's sometimes it's like talking to a wall. So yeah. um, I'd rather not. And eventually, sometimes they do come around. Yeah. So basically, your stance is. I'm going to stick to to people that are, you know, like Jonathan, you're you're our tribe. If you want to be closed-minded, maybe you will you wait to come around. Right. And I mean not in a and I don't even mean to sound hopefully I don't sound negative, but it's just no. kind of like, you know, sometimes you just have people who just they made up their mind and they yeah. don't and I they don't want to do it. I used to. I used to like go so hard trying to convince people like, "Hey, cuz I really do feel like there's a horror movie for everyone." Yeah, You know, doesn't that sound so mm-hmm. sweet? Because it's the truth. But <laughs> if you don't feel that way, no matter what I recommend to you, because you already feel a certain way before even seeing it, yeah, there's there's no use, in my opinion. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. I, and I totally understand that school of thought. I 
it's been quite a while since I've tried to convince anyone of anything that I like. Mm-hmm. It's like, I will talk passionately about the things that I like. And if someone's like, I don't like a big, okay. Right. You know, it, it comes up a lot. No, oh, that's a lie. It's not a lot because I don't talk about it a lot. But if people find out like that, I do podcasts yeah. because I never talk about it in day-to-day life. If the, oh, I heard you do a podcast. And usually it'll be like in reference to creepy and like, oh, what's it about? Like, oh, is it true crime? I'm like, no. <laughs> like I just, I read scary stories. They're just, they're fiction. And like, oh, I can't do horror. Yeah. Like, but okay. I love true crime. And I'm like, you can't do fiction, but you can do nonfiction. Right. Horror, <laughs> like that's. See, in that in that case, for that same person, I say, okay, then watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. No jump scares. Mm-hmm. Pretty close to true crime. I think it's actually based on actual criminals. So it's like, there. And that's funny that you say that, too. I'll come across people who say that, okay, I don't like horror, but they're saying how, but, oh, but I really liked Scream, but I really like The Walking Dead, but I really, okay, you yeah. do like it. You just, you yeah, know you what like I mean? Horror. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. But it, it's like they don't, either they don't feel like it's horror or even if it is like straight horror, like train to Busan, I'll hear someone saying how, oh, I don't like zombies and I don't like jump scares and I don't like blood, but you watch train to Busan. So, and that's what I mean. Like I used to, it used to like drive me insane because I would really try to like, well, maybe just try this, you know, but you know, they, they, they kind of don't want to. They kind of just want to stick to stuff that's mainstream or, and I don't want to say they, they like to jump on a bandwagon. I don't know. I don't think that that's what it is, but if it is very much in pop culture, then they're all for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, if it's in the zeitgeist, then, then it's acceptable because horror right. still is, you know, as mainstream as horror has become in recent years, it still is like the, the black sheep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think... Now that I'm kind of thinking through this and kind of like what Zena said, like, oh, I like this, but I don't like horror. I think, unfortunately, we've seen it a lot lately. And it was part of the reason why I got off social media is this concept of gatekeeper. Like, 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 oh, I like, I like Megadeth. Oh, okay. Name every member of the band (laughs) and name their first three albums. Oh, you're not a real fan. Like this concept that it's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, you're a horror fan? Then, like, oh, how can you like, like, Human Centipede? I'm like, I don't like Human Centipede. Like, I don't right. like all horror that I watch. It's just, like, I don't like, I don't like all of anything that I ever do. <laughs> That's like saying, I like food. It's like, <laughs> oh, you like everything? No, I don't. So I think it's kind of, I think maybe, maybe it's a part of horror, too. Like, just a part of the horror culture that people think, oh, you're a horror fan. that like, You like all horror movies as opposed to, like, no, I like the horror movies that I like. Like, yeah. it's not for everybody. So, yeah, like, so you could, you know, give them a list of non-jump scare type movies. But I think odds are if a person came out with that arms crossed, oh, there's no good movie since 1989. I think Zena's right. You're not going to convince them. And that's fine. But there's plenty that like, do like it. So. Exactly. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can give them a list. Like, it's probably, it's pretty easy to just Google horror movies without jump scares you'll have a whole list of them but odds are my guess is either they're not going to watch that or like any of the lists you recommend for them or they're like yeah i didn't like it Mm -hmm. because like they they already had that mindset you know it's like trying to convince my kids to eat new foods it's like (laughs) oh i don't like that you've never had it before what do you mean you don't like it it's like just try it just try a bite yuck until you try it yeah don't yuck my yum (laughs) 
and you have to try three bites before you tell me you don't like it. You have to try three horror movies without jump scares made after 1989 before you say there, there aren't any of them. So that's our advice to you, Jonathan. I hope that helps. <laughs> and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as Lee Movie Critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. Hi. And I'm John. <laughs> if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So what's been filling your heart this week, Zena? Oh my gosh, so many magical things. I, I'm, <laughs> it was just such a great week for me. You know, sometimes when you can't decide, what am I going to talk about? That's always fun. So um, I checked out the series SOZ, Soldiers or Zombies from 2021 on Amazon. A drug, a drug can, a drug kingpin escapes from a high security Mexican prison with his son and finds refugee at a remote drug rehab facility located on the U.S. side of the border where they encounter deadly mutant zombies. So I love zombies and I needed some zombies in my life. So I needed to watch this. And I don't know if you guys um, feel the same way as well. Um, I'm going to mention The Walking Dead again. But after The Walking Dead, it just seems like a lot of shows or movies that came out, like they were trying to be like The Walking Dead. Yeah. But this one, to me, not at all. It, it, it wasn't trying to be mm. that. And that's something that I really liked about it because it is very much, um, it's like very fast paced. It's an action, like zombie series. And I love the fact that the zombies are smart and they're fast. Like, yeah, there's just so much to love with that, you know? Um, I would say that it is a mixture, though, if I did have to compare it to something. I'm going to compare it to, like, a mix of 28 Days Later, Army of the Dead with a hint of El Chapo. Because it, there's just so much... This there's a lot that's happening. That in is this a wild that sounds combo. like a lot, <laughs> right? But it's it's so great. And if that didn't convince you enough, there's zombie piggies. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're they're cute. I mean, they're not, but you know, they're very good. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the first season that's up right now. Um, the episodes are like about thirty minutes, and there are eight episodes. Um, I'm really hoping that there'll be a second season. So the director is I might butcher his last name, but it's Rigoberto Casaneda. He directed The Ablero on Netflix, and I love the show so much. It's basically about like this priest and this demon hunter, and they like join forces, and it's kind of like a superhero. You know, it's kind of like cast a deadly spell where people yeah. know that demons exist. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just so awesome. But anyway, so when I, <laughs> when I, when I saw his name on Amazon, I was like, whoa. And plus he did post about it on Instagram and stuff. So I was just happy that I finally checked it out. So yeah, if you are in the mood for zombies and you want to see something fast paced and fun, really easy to watch, I recommend this series. And all filmmakers out there, if you can get Xena to to liken your your project to either Cast a Deadly Spell or Night of the Demons, you've won. Yeah. You've officially won horror. Pretty much. I mean, I'm a simple girl. So <laughs> uh, then the second thing, I checked out The Privileged uh, 2022 on Netflix. A wealthy teen and his friends attending a private school uncover a dark conspiracy while looking into a series of strange supernatural events. So the first 10 minutes of this movie is completely wild. They kind of show it on um, as a preview. 
on Netflix, I recommend just watching the movie. Don't even watch the preview. But basically something horrible happens to a kid. He witnesses something super tragic and really creepy and it scarred him for years. So now as a young adult, he's like 18 years old and he's still haunted by like these nightmares and demonic visions and his family, they kind of dismiss it. They just make it seem like, oh, well, it's because that happened. You didn't really see that. Like he's seeing some weird stuff, like people being able to like move things with their minds and some weird stuff going on in closets so uh it, think it's it's kind of like society or invasion of the body snatchers like, like the paranoia can't trust anybody type thing yes and gotcha. some weirdness going on and creatures in your mouth but no shut but down. yeah <laughs> creatures just, in your mouth yeah like it's 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 great this one has like a lot of um subgenres into one like there's sci-fi there's action there's drama um supernatural it's really fun the only thing i will say um because it does have like a lot that's going on it does manage not to lose itself which is surprising because you know sometimes you get lost in the sauce so it's just like what is happening but no i found myself like really intrigued but the only thing is the cgi really isn't that great and i think that they could have just did without it but, you know, I think that they wanted to try something new, like a little razzle-dazzle. So why not? But, yeah, so um, there's a lot of tense moments. Uh, there's demonic creatures and there's gore and there's a seance or two. So, you know, that always Oh, like, that's also life. your jam. Yeah. So it was like a really great week, you know, watching some things for me. Xena horror. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um. I watched uh, Studio 666. This hits Ooh. theaters this Friday. Uh, legendary rock band Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Uh, so this basically was a story that Dave Grohl had. They really were in this mansion recording their album. And he's like, you know, this would make a great horror movie. And then it snowballed from there. And uh, the director is uh, BJ McConnell, I think. It's the same director who did Hatchet 3. So there is some gore uh, from Tony Gardner. It is basically kind of that familiar satanic um, hymn. You know, there's there's a song that he finds in the basement and he slowly gets possessed. And, and there's Ooh. a body count that piles up. And it's... It is such a funny, charming, like, horror comedy that puts the comedy first with Foo Fighters. And really, I will say that uh, as entertaining as it is, and it's it's really charming, this is a band movie through and through, meaning that it's really kind my of... My wife is going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> it puts them on display. Like, this is really a band hangout movie, and then the horror happens to my kind of push it through. My wife is going to love it. There you go. We have Foo Fighters tickets for August. I, so. I, I will also say that it does kind of drag on a little bit. I think there's... Hmm a couple too many endings and it loses some of that energy. Uh, but if you like yeah. the Boo Fighters and you like gory satanic horror movies, it's still very charming. And mm. uh, John Carpenter did um, the opening theme and he pops nice. in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty charming. It's not like, you know, if you're a hardcore horror fan looking for the next Evil Dead, yeah, probably not. But if you like the Boo Fighters, like John's wife, uh, this is, this <laughs> is your jam. 
Um, and then I got completely uh, hooked on From. It just started on Epics on Sunday. Um, yeah. I think it's like 10 episodes maybe is the first season, but it's weekly. And I love that they do weekly because it'll draw this out. And I, I did get to peak Same. the first four episodes so far. But it's basically this crazy town in the middle of who knows where America that anybody who passes through this town gets stuck in this town. There's they and it's like from all over. Um and they all so they're stuck in this town, so they have to make do and kind of start a community here, but they have to be inside by dark because they're mm. Ravenous, bloodthirsty creatures who will kind of take appearances based on what's inside your head. Somebody you know, somebody who's seemingly whatever. Um, so it's it's kind of like Lost. There are some Lost producers. It's got that mystery box element that it's like, this stuff should not happen, but it's happening. And they don't give you answers. And for every one answer, there's like 10 more questions. Uh, it even has Harold Perrineau, who is fantastic in this show yeah. as kind of the town mayor who has to make some tough choices. Um, but yeah, I just, it's almost like a dark, grim, bloody fairy tale meets lost in a way. And I'm really hooked. I hope people check this out because I would like more. So yeah. Nice. I was a little bit, every once in a while, we'll be about to record an episode or we'll be a, a few days out from recording an episode and I'll think, are we going to watch the same thing? Like, is there, are we going to, when we haven't yet, I don't think we have, like I've, I've gone back and ended up watching stuff that you guys have watched because of recommendations or things like that. But we've never had the same week where we're like, yep, we both watch it. We both want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and this one, I was more wondering if Zeno's going to watch it because Megan's talked about it before. And actually, Zeno might have talked about it. You know what? You guys have probably both talked about it before. We've done a bunch of these. <laughs> 1995's Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight on Shudder. Because as soon as I saw it was available, of course I had to watch it. Breaker is a man who carries the last of seven keys, special containers which held the blood of Christ and were scattered across the universe to prevent the forces of evil from taking over. If the Collector gets the last key, the universe will fall into chaos. And he's been tracking Breaker all the way to a small inn in a nowhere town. And now, the final battle for the universe begins. I know it sounds a little spoilery, but it came out in 1995 and it's available on Shudder. If you haven't watched it yet, it didn't give away a ton. But it this is, it is an insanely charming movie because... Largely because of uh, Billy Zane. Like, Billy Zane is so good in this because I feel like his comedy chops are largely <laughs> underappreciated with how funny he actually is because so often he ends up playing just a jerk mm -hmm. who isn't necessarily funny. He's more just an antagonist in, in movies. And it's silly and cheesy it opens like a tales from the crypt with a john larroquette cameo on top of it and it's just all the campiness that you would hope for from tales from the crypt that doesn't quite end up in bordello of blood which is also available on shutter i just didn't enjoy it bordello of blood quite as much um 
So yeah, Demonite. I don't think there's anything I can add to the conversation about Demonite that Megan has not already waxed poetic about. It's one of the best. I got custom <laughs> shoes for this movie. I adore I it <laughs> so much. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a lot of fun. It's just, it's an easy watch. It It's formulaic to a degree as far as the characterization is concerned, because obviously there's got to be that main antagonist. But they never make it feel tropey or archetypical like they feel so well-rounded and that's because this i i would argue that this is one of the best if not the best ensemble casts in horror because of mm. how much every single person brings to their their role i absolutely it, it, love the character i always i don't know if it's geraldine or geraldine geraldine yeah she's yeah. she's just not the typical final girl and i just feel like we were robbed of a sequel so yeah yeah. Please. Ernest Dickerson, come on now. Do more <laughs> horror. Uh, yeah, it's because I, I was thinking about that because there's a, a, a moment early on, like nobody really believes Breaker. No. Regardless of what they've seen. Mm -hmm. And they're all still kind of just out for themselves. And even, yeah, it, it's interesting that they're, I feel like there, there's one particular scene when they all basically are like, no, we're just going to try this to get away. And like, not one of them is like, are you sure he might be right? He's been doing this. They're like, nope, we're out. Like, and, and I feel like more traditionally in horror, there'd be at least that one person who believes him or who's like, yeah, there's some weird stuff going on. And he says, let's just chill until morning. Maybe let's just do that. Like it is, it is interesting how, there are more character twists than you expect. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I, I love Billy Zane. I love, like, I basically watched a movie last week just because I saw Billy Zane was in it. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Shudder. I haven't seen it streaming lately. So make sure to check it out while you can. And speaking of things that have not been streaming ever, I think... Uh, 1988's Freddy's Nightmare on Screenbox. Freddy, the dream serial killer, hosts this anthology of stories set in Springwood. That's really all IMDb had, and that pretty much sums it up. Uh, I was, I saw, I was watching on Instagram, I saw that, um, uh, Bloody Disgusting had posted about how Freddy's Nightmare was coming on Screenbox, and there was a ton of likes people were really excited mm -hmm. there was this one comment that really stuck out that i thought was funny too and it was like uh it was like horror fans for episode one it was like a little emoji of like a person cheering and then it was like horror fans by episode six and it was like a person like thinking like what am i looking at like <laughs> like that excitement will taper off it doesn't for me like it, it is this it is its own special kind of oh this is late 80s this is like mid to late 80s cinematography and writing i think there was a lot of cocaine being done in the writer's <laughs> room there is there's a lot of following the plot line of them some of them is pretty difficult like if you really if you're really watching and you're like wait what what what's happening here? Like, 
Like you think you're watching one thing and then you're not, and you're watching another as if it's another episode, but it's not. They're connected. <laughs> it's very silly. It's very campy and cheesy. I actually like the concept that basically after, I want to say it's the second or third episode with like Lori Petty, they kind of just get away from teenagers altogether and he's just messing with adults, but not even directly messing with adults. It's more like he's this entity that exists in this horrible town of Springwood <laughs> where everybody is tormented. But I just, I love it. There's something, and I can't even call it nostalgic because I never, I didn't watch Freddy's Nightmare when I was eight. I remember <laughs> watching Nightmare Cafe with Robert England, but that wasn't inherently scary. Like they called it Nightmare Cafe, but it was kind of like, it, and it was a very much the same kind of CGI, green screeny type cheesiness. But there's just something for lack of a better word, just charming about it. Like it's, it's silly and weird and like, you don't see, you would never see anything like this on TV again, unless there was some major funding behind it. That's like, we need to redo Freddy's nightmare shot for shot Gus Van Zant style. So maybe Gus Van Zant will do it. I don't know, but I've enjoyed it. Have either of you had a chance to check it out? I haven't. And um, for the, I mean, I'm happy that it's available now on Screenbox because I can finally check it out, but I've never watched it before, ever. How about you, Megan? It's been a long time. I'm pretty sure I still have one of the tapes for it on VHS. Like, it's, no way. it's my party <laughs> and you'll die if I want you to. Yeah. 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 I have that one still. Well, that's the funny thing, too, is some of the titles are also like, what? <laughs> like, I don't, I kind of get what you're talking about, but yeah, I also like it in the idea of, um, uh, kind of like Tales from the Crypt. You see so many actors, like young actors and actresses in these that it's just like, holy crap, you were in a Freddy's nightmare, but there were 44 episodes. Like there was a lot. And it was Robert England kind of at the prime, like the peak of Freddy, Freddy mania. mania. Yeah. So, like, it was a big deal. Like, you were getting those, like, up-and-coming actors that probably never talked about being on Freddy's Nightmare ever again after they were in it. But I, I love it. It makes me happy. Like, that's just kind of turned into my go-to if I have, like, an hour to kill or I need some sort of background, like, of a, a perfect screen box. Plus, it's, you can do, it's like a free seven-day trial right now if you get it, it through Amazon. Oh, oh, I think that if you go through the app, it might be 30 days. Ooh. Oh, even better. Yeah, I didn't even go. I didn't go through Amazon. I just got the subscription because even like a year subscription was like 30 bucks. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then or in Bloody Disgusting has been putting a ton of effort into like even revamping the app. The app's yeah. a little bit outdated, but yeah. they're putting a ton of effort into to bringing it up to speed. So a little patience. It'll be worth it. Yeah. And Freddy's Nightmare. Come on. There you go. So, yeah. Okay. Before we move on, what did we watch and how do we watch it? So I checked out SOZ, Soldiers or Zombies, on Amazon, and I watched The Privilege on Netflix. Uh, I watched Studio 666, which will be in theaters on Friday, and From, which is on Epix every Sunday. And I watched Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight on Shudder, and Freddy's Nightmares on Screenbox. <laughs> 
All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? So Sam Raimi recently teamed with A Quiet Place writers Scott Beck and Brian Woods for 65, an original sci-fi thriller that was set for an April 2022 release. Uh, it got announced that they are shifting that back to April 14th, 2023, which is a bummer. But the good news is that uh, that sci-fi thriller, we don't know what the plot is other than it's a sci-fi thriller starring Adam Driver. Um, they've cushioned the blow for that bump with a announcement of Uma. I think it's Uma. It's U-M-M-A. Yes. And it's going to be releasing next month on March 18th. So surprise, mm. we shifted this out, but we're putting this in. Uh, Uma follows Sandra O oh as Amanda and her daughter... They're living in a uh, they're living a quiet life on a, an American farm, but when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. The cast also includes Dermot Mulroney, Odea Rush, uh, Miwa Alana Lee, and Tom Yee. Iris K. Shim wrote the script and will be directing, or she did direct because it's out next month. Uh, Uma is also executive produced by Andre Ovdal for the scary stories to tell in the dark and Troll Hunter. So that is also a Sam Raimi produced. So it's like we're swapping the Sam Raimi produced movie out with this Sam Raimi produced movie. The one thing that I will say that is interesting that they chose March 18th as the release date because that's also the release date for Ty West's X. So mm. we got some original horror double dose uh, coming on March 18th. So can't say that you know there's no new original horror because bam there's two in one day. <laughs> Um, and then if you are interested, of course, Bloody Disgusting has like the pictures, but, uh, Stranger Things, they dropped a bunch of posters last week, um, one at a time. And it looks like different groupings and it's for the upcoming fourth season. You put them all together and it's like one big image, but all of them teased that season four is the beginning of the end. Netflix announced that Stranger Things 5 has officially been ordered to series, but it is going to be the final season that has been a pop culture phenomenon. So seven years ago, we planned out the complete story arc for Stranger Things, uh, creators Matt and Ross Duffer said. At the time, we predicted the story would last four or five seasons. It proved too large to tell in four, but as you'll soon see for yourselves, we're now hurtling toward our finale. Season four will be the penultimate season. Season five will be the last. Of course, uh, that's the main series, but there's potential always, as the case lately, for spinoffs. Um, the Duffer Brothers did tease there are still many more exciting stories to tell within the world of Stranger Things. New mysteries, new adventures, new unexpected heroes. We don't know when Season 5 is coming just yet, but we do know that Stranger Things Season 4 will be coming to Netflix on May 27th. With volume two, so they're splitting season four into two. So the first half, May 27, and the second on July 1st. So there's really not much of a break between them. So this summer will be all Stranger Things. Maybe Baskin Robbins will bring back the Demogorgon Sunday. Hint, wake, nudge, Baskin Robbins. (laughs) So, yeah. And then uh, keeping with the TV news, uh, the Alien franchise is headed to the small screen with TV series in the works over at FX, which we have brought up before in past episodes. Uh, FX John Landgraf has teased some new details for it. Uh, For starters, Landgraf reiterates that Ellen Ripley will not be making an appearance in the series, which is set on Earth decades before the event of the original Alien movie. 
Alien takes place before Ripley. It's the first story that takes place in the Alien franchise on Earth, he explained. So it takes place on our planet right near the end of the century we're in. So 70 odd years from now, Ripley won't be a part of it or any other characters of Alien other than the Alien itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Landgraf also said that uh, Noah Hawley's take on the Alien franchise works as both the extension and reinvention of the films that have come before it. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. Expect a scary thrill ride set not too far in the future here on Earth. And last we heard, Ridley Scott is expected to be on board as producer, but we will probably not see this until 2023. And uh, if you missed last week's episode or you weren't paying attention at all to what John watched this week. All <laughs> like you just space out when I start talking. <laughs> yeah, if you just spaced out no. because he's got the soothing voice. It's oh, just... he did the weird voice. It's time to just skip. It's not, not skip. It's just so soothing. It's like soothing bedtime. You got to shake it up. You should have done a mobster voice for Freddy's Nightmares. I should have. <laughs> you should have. But in case you missed it, which I'm doubting that, but all 44 episodes of the Iconic Horror series are available to stream on Netflix. Uh, or Netflix. I got Netflix on the brain. It's on Screenbox. <laughs> Go to Screenbox. Uh, Screenbox. Yeah. So uh, to celebrate that, this Saturday, February 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, Bloody Disgusting will be co-hosting a Twitter watch party for the first episode, along with Fredheads, the documentary producer, Deandra Lazor. Uh, the pilot episode is No More Mr. Nice Guy, which acts as a prequel to Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street and was directed by the late Toby Hooper, who directed Poltergeist in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So to join the Twitter watch party, just pull the episode up on Screenbox. Like we said, um, there are free trials available. Um, just hit play right at the start time. Follow along and tag your tweets with hashtag Freddy's Nightmares. And yeah, join the fun. I'll be there. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Do you love watching horror with other horror heads who aren't full of hate for post-1989 horror? Do you fall asleep when I start talking? Let's hear about it. <laughs> you can call our Texas at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? Bloody Disgusting TV and Screenbox. Okay, you heard Megan. So, live your life. <laughs> so, this week, we have some cool stuff coming out. So, Tuesday the 22nd, Alone With You will be available on DVD. And, um, yeah, I recently checked this movie out, and it is very tense. It is a very tense indie movie. It's basically about this woman named Charlie who's waiting for her girlfriend to come back home. And, uh, yeah, there's some weird stuff that goes on in her apartment. There's, there was plenty of creepy scenes. So, but, yeah, it'll be available on DVD. It's also on VOD right now, and I believe that it's still playing in some select theaters. Then on Thursday, the 24th, um, Hellbender will be out on Shudder. So if you're like me and you love witchcraft and witchy wonderfulness, you may want to perk those ears up for this. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that, but you know, <laughs> now do it. Okay. Yeah. So this is about a 16 year old uh, girl named Izzy who suffers from a rare, from a rare, rare Ill illness. And she lives on an isolated mountaintop with her mom and they live there pretty much her entire life. 
But then she soon starts to question her sickness. You know, she's wondering if this is real or not. Soon she meets a neighbor named Amber. She's another girl who lives in the mountain. And, you know, they start to hang out and stuff. And then they decide to go checking out the mountains. And for some reason, Izzy, she eats a worm. I don't know why. You have to watch it to find out. But then, yeah, there's some weird stuff that happens um, where she just, something awakens in her that's violent and hungry. <laughs> It's I'm going to watch it. <laughs> we have to find out why. Then on Friday the 25th, we have two things coming out. Studio 666 is will be available in theaters and 666. 666. Yeah. Megan told you guys to check it out. It seems like it's going to be a good time. Then we also have No Exit. It'll be available on Hulu. Uh, basically, a young woman becomes stranded during a blizzard and she realizes that there is a kidnapped girl in a van so she's determined to identify the killer or the kidnapper we don't know if it's a killer yet i mean it could be who knows you have to watch it to find out but yeah but you should she watch it investigate do it do it do I it really right like now this one. just just right now you well, liked it yeah i did i can't Ooh, you okay. know it's still embargoed so i couldn't talk about it but i really really like this one okay well, can you talk about it next week yeah i okay. can <laughs> Thank you. All right. And then on Friday, well, no, that's it for Friday. But on Monday, the 28th, uh, Two Sentence Horror Stories, uh, season three will be available on Netflix. And this is an anthology series that just explores like primal and social fears. The episodes are only 20 minutes long and it's based off of a two sentence story in horror. It's actually a really cool series to check it out. And then just in case if you guys are interested, uh, this isn't new or anything, but just in case if you missed it or you want to rewatch it, Rob Zombie's Halloween is available on Netflix. So if you want to go back in time to 2007, you can check it out. Or um, if you haven't checked out Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix um, this weekend, this movie was such a buzz. So um, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, um, yeah, check it out and let us know your thoughts on it. Or sign up for Patreon and hear us talk about True. it. True. Because we're going to save it for there. We've all watched it and we're going to talk about it there. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on our own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel, the same name, or at lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards that I just talked about, check us out at Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. <laughs>